Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Gay News America. I'm Brandon Cremody. We want to welcome our listeners in the United States and around the world. My next guest, Freddie Niblack, is the first openly gay driver in the IndyCar series, but he's not the only one, and that is not all that defines him. So uh, we want to welcome back to the show today, uh, Freddie Niblack. Hey, Freddie, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? It has been a day and a half. <laughs> So um, here we are. I, I just checked our last interview was somewhere around June of 2016. So we have not cut up for a while. Um, so why don't we go through some introductions for our listeners? You are a race car driver. Let's start there. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, this year I'm racing in the Formula Atlantic Series, uh, which is SCCA's version of Indy Lights. Um, followed by some ARCA stuff and NASCAR. Um, so, it's a, you know, it's a pretty exciting year ahead of me. Um, in order to run NASCAR, like uh, the Daytona 500 that just ended, you have to do a feeder series. So you do ARCA, then Xfinity, then Cup cars. So a little bit of change, um, uh, a lot of excitement, and uh, a lot of new things to learn. Definitely. So those are those are qualifiers in order to get to the bigger event in NASCAR. Is that what we're saying? Well, they're feeder series, and so you have to do so many events in those uh, cars to move up to advance. Definitely. That's kind of like uh, IndyCar's Road to Indy. I need to take a crash course on this stuff, but um, one one thing I do want to ask call you more is. Often. <laughs> so um th- there's a lot of folks right now in all you know um you know all parts of the checkered umbrella the LGBTQ that are really trepidatious about kind of what's going on in the country right now and some f- folks are feeling unsafe so I want to ask you about that about the culture in the racing world do you feel safe and how is your relationships with colleagues sponsors and things in that world and in that culture um, you know, with the new presidency, um, I think people are just really, um, uh, very stressed over that. Um, I think that, uh, as far as the racing community, you know, being the only one in the United States, uh, out, um, sometimes it's a challenge. Um, uh, Danny Watts said it best in his recent interview, um, that you're to remain quiet. It's okay that people know you're gay, but you're to remain quiet. And so those sponsors I kind of parted company with in 2016, it wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't healthy for my team. Um, as far as feeling safe, I've always felt safe at the track, um, but I've always felt like I needed to keep my head down. And, you know, uh, not so much this year. Um it's definitely uh, been a breath of fresh air. Good, good. And I know that um, we've, you know, we've spoken in our prior interview, but your time as an out individual, you know, goes all the way back into the early 90s during the Clinton presidency, and there was a time where you went away to Europe. So 
um, since coming back to the U.S. and getting back into the scene here, have things improved for you? I mean, is that what we're saying, that the culture is improving? I I would say improving, but not not there by a long shot. There's still a long way to go. The the LGBT community, uh, we still have a lot of um, fighting to do on our hands. And there are still people in racing that have an old school mentality. They're scared that, you know, gay people will hurt their business or the marketing around gay individuals can be damaging uh, to their companies. The sad thing is, is not too many companies um, within our community have stood up and said, hey, we will sponsor you. And I think if if they did that, it would eliminate a lot of uh, what drivers like myself or Danny Watts have went through. You know, um, our own community support. I want to ask you if you, that, you know, do some of these companies and sponsors in in the field that you're in sort of see you as a product, Freddie? Because I I got to thinking about ten years ago. Um, just going to use Madonna as an example. So she fell off a horse, uh, broke some collarbones, and then her record label basically put down some rules and said there'll be no more horse racing until this tour is over. And I got to thinking, like, hmm. So they're sort of treating – she's a woman, she's a human being, but they're sort of treating her like she's a product, like she's, you know, uh, merchandise. Like you will not get on that horse, you will not do anything else, do anything to injure yourself because you're the merchandise. So um, is there anything to that in the racing world where you're sort of like you're a product? Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Do you see where I'm going with this? Oh, sure, absolutely. So anything that they deem uh, inappropriate or um, damaging, so you're, uh, from your head to your toes, you're a billboard. Um, every bit of real uh-huh. estate on your person as well as your car. And so if you're hurt and something off track, then they've spent a lot of money on marketing that they won't be able to utilize. So I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie, so that's a little hard for me, (laughs) but, um, yeah, you know, you always want to be cautious, um, you know, because if, if you can't perform, there's always someone younger and hungrier right behind you. Definitely. Definitely. Hey, um, there's some breaking news. We got to cut in with some breaking news. It's race related. Um, this is coming out from Fox news. It says Daytona 500, Kurt Busch wins the great American race. Yes, I'm watching it right now and very proud of Kurt. He's never won it. This is his first time. He's finished third a couple of times, uh, but he's never won it. So this this is good. I'm happy for him. Great, great. That is interesting timing. That is coming out in the middle of our live interview. I, I couldn't have planned that. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, just going back, I took some notes on our prior interview. I, I'm basically just trying to refresh some newer listeners. We have, you know, lots of folks that are just tuning into us these days. So, Freddie in the Black, you grew up in Speedway, Indiana, two blocks west of the Annapolis 500 track. So you were literally there in the town. You had a huge field next to your house where you basically ran a quarter midget, you know, starting when you were five. And then by about nine, that wasn't going fast enough, and you – upgraded into go-karts. Do I kind of have that right? You you started all of this when you were five. Yeah, so on my fifth birthday, um, I wanted a quarter midget. And 
Um, I actually still live on the same street that I grew up on. Uh, I bought my grandparents' house, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> which was across the street from my parents. And uh, that same field is still there. But on my fifth birthday, or right before it, I had decided I was going to run away. And I stole a pack of Kraft single cheese slices out of the refrigerator and packed a bag and decided I was, I was only running away just to be at the 500 track for the month of May. And um, I just could not get enough. I would curl up up on the bleachers and just fall asleep and watch. Um, and so my parents finally gave in, and um, uh, my my mother and my grandmother uh, went in together and bought the quarter midget. And I think they just thought it was something that, you know, wouldn't last. Uh, or the first time I wrecked it, I, I would be scared to get on it. And uh, it was the complete opposite. So... Um, it just progressed, and when you hear the roar of the Indy cars or NASCAR over there, it's um, it's like a drug to me. I I can't even begin to explain. Um, it it makes my adrenaline jump, and I I just be away from it. Nice. Well, I saw the Indy 200 series in Portland uh, sometime in the 90s, and. Uh, my dad was very excited for me to see Al Unser Jr. race, which I know you know Al. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Al has um, um, been a, a great mentor. Um, there's lots of YouTube videos of me and him on, well, on YouTube. Um, but Al is also that friend that uh, if he's on my headset and I'm in a race, will tell me quit being a sissy and put your foot in it. <laughs> so... Um, Al and I have a, a definitely a, a healthy relationship. Um, he's my friend. And the one thing that I'll say about some of the veteran drivers, um, you know, Al's won the Indy 500 twice. Um, they're comfortable in their own skin, and they've evolved with changing times. So the gay element has never um, been a factor. Him and I have this thing when we end the conversation. I always, I always put hashtag no touching. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of like the the common theme joke between him and I. Um, and uh, so you know, but yeah, Al is Al is definitely my buddy and and been a good friend. That's great. That's great. And I I definitely had a good time seeing him race. You know, I was probably all of uh, 12 or 13 when I saw that. I think I saw two races, um, you know, out at the Portland track out here. Now, you had uh, mentioned um, we had a recent coming out. So I'm going to read you this headline. British pro race car driver Danny Watts comes out as gay. Uh, Watts is the highest profile European racing driver to come out so far. And then in an interview with motorsports.com, he said, you feel like you have to hide it within motorsport because it's very masculine sport. There was something burning inside that said, right, you can't hide it anymore. You got to be free and be true to yourself and let it go out there. So um, what, uh, what advice would you give to Danny Watts and what's your response to Danny Watts coming out? I was actually mentioned in that article. Um, and I reached out to Danny. Uh, my heart goes out to him. Um, when I read uh, the article, it was like reading my own journey. Um, he is 1,000% correct. There are times um, <clears throat> when it's best to be mute and be silent. Um, and if you want to continue to race, 
um, you just need to to be quiet. Um, not all sponsors or drivers are as accepting as others, and most straight men don't like being beat by gay men. And then it becomes the the bully effect. And so, um, I you know, Danny is an amazing individual. He's an amazing driver, um, very accomplished driver. But when you're racing uh, and you're not happy, it's not fun anymore. Um, the sad thing about that story is um, there are strengths in numbers. And I would have liked to have seen uh, myself and Danny and Stephen Rhodes, uh, who is an out NASCAR driver. Um, you know, I, I find it odd that a lot of drivers wait till their career is over. But I also understand it because the minute that you say I'm gay, your career could ultimately be over right then. Yeah. And um, for Danny, uh, I like I said, I reached out to him, uh, had a conversation with him last night, uh, matter of fact. Um, but I also warned him about the gay community because the gay community can be equally as nasty uh, at times. So Danny's just kind of sitting on the fence, you know. Um, he, I know that he feels a huge weight's been lifted off of him, uh, but another one, you know, could potentially be sitting, you know, waiting on him as well. And, um, you know, we agreed that uh, if we saw each other at the track, you know, or if he was in the States or I was, you know, in England, uh, we would definitely meet up and have lunch. Um, but, there, you know, again, there is a lot of truth to what he said, Um sometimes people forget that even though you're gay, you're still a man. And they, they view the, the gay side as weak. And as individuals, we are anything but weak. I don't think, um, uh, I will, I, I believe that gay men, um, you know, we have very thick skin because we've had to be, or had to have. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm very happy for Danny that he's finally, you know, at peace. Definitely, definitely. And you mentioned another another party there. Um, who is the other individual? Um, Stephen Rhodes, and I know that he's done some NASCAR stuff, uh, and I'm not sure if he's still racing, but um, him and I were the two Americans uh, that were mentioned in that article uh, about Danny. Um, I don't know him personally. I do know that uh, uh, he is a good driver, but the minute that he came out, he lost sponsors and he lost rides. So, Jeez. and I, that's all too familiar with me. And again, it goes back to um, there are several gay business owners that you know, if they would step up um, and sponsor, you know, us drivers, it it wouldn't be a matter of coming out. You know, but I think that a lot of gay men and gay women, um, transgender, think that there's no place in motorsports. And again, and I'm just going to say, there's strength in numbers. Yes. Well, I'm not sure his current status. The last headline I found says gay driver Stephen Rhodes trying to return to NASCAR, and that's dated 2013. So I think you're mm -hmm. right when you speak about the culture and what happened there. <laughs> it's the same with Hollywood. It's absolutely the same with Hollywood, whether it be a male or female actor or actress who comes out um, and then goes to try and play like a heterosexual role. It's like once 
you know, your identity is on your sleeve, that the offers for parts start disappearing, if you know what I mean. And so there's a lot of walls we're still trying to break down within the Hollywood community. It's the same same thing. I'll tell you who's who really impresses me. Laverne Cox. Um and another performer or um actor or actress, uh, Calpurnia Adams. Um, they did a movie on Calpurnia called A Soldier's Girl. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Calpurnia is the one that dated the soldier and uh, was killed in Nashville. They beat him to death uh, in the bunks. Um, Laverne Cox, I, you know, people talk about Caitlyn Jenner, and I'm not real impressed with Caitlyn at all. Um, but Laverne Cox uh, has class in his poise but also speaks her mind. And um, so there are, and I believe that Laverne Cox, you know, sets the tone, um, you know, for the new generation. Um, and I actually, I enjoy watching anything Laverne's in. But I Orange think, you know, because I know I've done, black and doubt, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, you know, but I also know, you know, in the commercials I've done or the, the calendars I've done or, you know, things like that, it's, you get the phone call the day before. Now, they don't know you're gay, so, you know, um, you always get that speech. And it's, listen, you you have home training or you don't. And I know how to conduct myself and handle myself no matter where I'm at. So, but it's, you know, you have sponsors that insist on, you know, don't, uh, don't bring up the gay thing. Don't make this, you know, uh, about uh, LGBT. Um, okay. You know, it's uh, we're all Americans. It it doesn't matter. You know, we're all citizens here. It, it doesn't matter what I am. Um, you know, but you always get that speech. Definitely, and the conversation is uh, is continually changing right now. You know, um, the focus spotlight seems to be on our most marginalized, which is the transgender community. And like you said, we're under new president the community is trying to find its place right now and coalesce and come together. So we're definitely glad to see that you're doing well in the business and, and holding your own, Freddie. Well, I'm I'm trying. You know, there's always uh, uh, a risk that you take as far as sponsors in the racing community. And, you know, I took that risk. And I, I've lost some good sponsors because of it. And so, you know, we're trying to make the best of what we have. But again, I'm not going to stop being me. And I, if I had to live another day, like Danny Watts described in his article, um, it was just torture. And so, you know, the, the biggest thing is, is I would love to look out, you know, in, in the stands and see my brothers and sisters within the community. I would love to have uh, gay-owned and gay-operated businesses on my car the very first one that I've ever had was this year, and it's a, a dentist named Dr. Frank Rosales out of Dallas, uh, Texas. And he bought my fire suit, my helmet, and is um, a fixture on my race car. And he's he's also my friend. Um, but he is the first in all these years uh, within our community that is, has agreed to sponsor me. Fantastic. Um, Freddie, we're down to one minute, 15 seconds. So in a quick wrap-up, um, kind of plug around the time, where can listeners see you, hear you, what are your next events coming up? 
Um, you can look uh, on the ARCA schedule for NASCAR, and you can look on the Formula Atlantic uh, schedule for SCCA. Um, I'll be all over the country from California to Lime Rock, Connecticut, to Florida, to Texas this year. So um, you can definitely find me online, my social media, my schedule is always posted, uh, my races and events. Um, don't be afraid to come up and say hi or shake my hand. Um, I promise I'm, I'm approachable and, and uh, yeah, everybody's welcome. And to the transgender community, if you come to an, a race, hold your head up high and come up and, and, and hug me or say hi. Awesome. Fantastic. Freddie Nubak, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, good luck in these races. We appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.